Welcome to the Salem Alliance Church Podcast. To learn more about Salem Alliance, including life groups, gathering times, and other resources, visit us online at salemalliance.org. Today's talk is given by Kari Menarchik. Thanks, Greta and team. Hello, everyone here in the room and on live stream. If I haven't met you yet, my name is Kari, and you don't see me here very often because I spend most of my Sunday mornings with kids in kindergarten, first, and second grades. It's a good time. In fact, here's where it all goes down here in C1, but now that I'm looking at this picture, there's something missing. Kids, right? And kids aren't there because you're here. So if you're in C1, can you say, hey Told you. They're here. So a big welcome to kids in C1, C2, kids and students in GLOW Middle School and High School. This is our very last weekend together for Family Gathers, and it's just a joy to be in this place together. Now, next Sunday is kickoff weekend, which means our spaces across campus are reopening, and our staff and volunteer teams are preparing for you. They're praying for you, and they can't wait to see you want to hear all about your summer. When I reflect on this summer for my family, it has uh, looked way different for us because we have a five-month-old baby, which is so sweet. But before she was in the picture, in summers past, my husband and I were able to take our days off, uh, quickly pack up the car, hit the road, and just stay out till we're ready to come back. We really enjoy hiking, so we would just get out and about hiking as much as possible. But my, have things changed? Because just getting out the door means re- like gathering up all of these things that we need. So stroller, diapers, clothes, extra diapers, extra clothes, the carrier, the blanket, the toys, because the car seat's a rough place to be, evidently. And for us, I mean, snacks, water bottles, hiking poles, boots, the whole nine yards. So when you say, are we there yet? We're now just referring to our front porch because getting out of the door is so difficult. And I've been pretty grumpy about it because it's just the worst when you really want to get somewhere and it's taking forever to get there. Hopefully some of you can relate to that and I'm not alone in that feeling. But thankfully at least I know Bluey. Bluey's got me. In season two, episode 12, it's called Sticky Gecko. Mom is quickly trying to get out the door with Bluey and Bingo to a play date. And it's the typical like, come on kids, hurry up. We got to go out the door in one minute. Well, Bingo doesn't have any idea how long a minute is, and she flings a sticky gecko up on the ceiling, which is sticky, so it sticks, sticks, right? And she goes, oh, we can't leave till Gecky comes down. So here's here's what happens next. Hey, live stream viewers. As you're probably aware of by now, we don't have the rights from Disney to show this clip online. But here's what happens. It's a conversation between Chili and the girls. Before they can get out the door, Bluey wants to find her hat and Bingo has to brush her teeth. Chili is timing Bingo by pretending to hold a stopwatch and saying, Bingo keeps insisting that mom stays put to catch Gecky. Bluey says, I can't find my hat. Well, have you looked? Yeah, I've looked everywhere. Insert Chili's look. Ugh, there it is. Oh yeah, come on, Gecky. What was it that granddad used to say when he was a soldier? Hurry up and wait. Well, Bluey knocks over the hat rack and Chili asks her to help pick it up. Ugh, why do I have to help? Glare. Oh, okay. 
Well, Bingo chimes in with a toothpastey mouth. Ah, who's Kachageki? I am, but let's go. I need you out the door in one minute. Can I have my hat like granddad's? She runs off to get a clip, but trips on the hat rack, knocking it over again. The music speeds up and gets louder and the pressure's on. I'm just gonna put on my roller skates. Bingo, there's no time. Aww. Okay, let me put them on for you. No, you have to tie me. Okay, ready, set, go. And we can't leave before Geki falls off. And mom, appropriately size. We can't leave before Geki falls off. It just keeps going. If you watch the rest of the episode, the frustration level continues to rise and getting out the door seems impossible. My favorite line of the whole episode is mom. She puts her hands on the door frame and she's on her knees and she goes to the door. It's right here. <laughs> All we have to do is walk out of it. It's so easy. We've been there, right? We know how that feels. All we need to do is get from here to there. It should be so easy. Now there might represent a physical destination for you, like a play date, or a new job, or school on Tuesday or Wednesday morning this week. There might also represent something for you, like a different health status, or a change to a relationship, or certain expectations from yourself or for others that you're trying to meet, perhaps a longing or an unfulfilled desire. And you might hope the journey from here to there is easy and quick, but it's not. Granddad, or Bluey's granddad at least, has a phrase that fits this pretty well. Hurry up and wait. Sometimes the hurry up is long and the wait is short, and sometimes the hurry up is short and the wait is really long. I'm going to reference this phrase a few times today, so I want some help um, just getting it practiced here. So if you have a puppet, let's hear all the blueies. I'm gonna start it and you finish it. Ready? Hurry up and wait. Okay, how about mom and dad puppets? Hurry up and Okay, bingo. Take us home. Hurry up and wait. Oh, man. Can you think of a situation in your life where you're trying to get from here to there, but it's not easy or fast? You're stuck in the hurry up and wait. Maybe waiting in your particular situation is bringing up feelings like mom has. You're frustrated with delay after delay or people not cooperating. Maybe you're thinking, well, I didn't sign up for this. I want to get there, but not this route. Or you're in the middle with some bumps along the way and you're like, this is not what I hoped it would be. Or I feel in over my head. And the waiting periods can bring up some pretty heavy feelings for us. Feelings like disappointment, embarrassment, maybe grief or despair just feels like super glued to your insides. How about loneliness or anger or impatience? And if you're like me, you hit those delays and you're like, I'm so over it. Let's just get there. I'm tired of waiting and this is uncomfortable. 
Well, the uncomfortable journey of getting from here to there is something that God's family knows very well. In fact, they had an important destination to reach. In the Old Testament, God said this to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. At that point, it was just Abram and Sarai. This is before their names changed to Abraham and Sarah. And God promised them a homeland and promised to form them into a great nation, which would probably take more than the two of them. So they had their own time of waiting until Isaac was born. And Isaac had Jacob. Jacob had 12 sons. Whoa. And before you know it, the Israelites, God's family, they were quite the clan en route to their promised land. Bluey's family was headed out of the house. God's family was headed towards their new homeland. Do you think it was easy for them to get there? It'll be just a minute. Nope. As Bluey's granddad says, hurry up and over the course of generations, they waited through times of famine, persecution, and enslavement. That for sure would have brought up those heavy feelings I mentioned a moment ago. They hurried up out of Egypt across the Red Sea just to wait again through times of despair and disobedience. And as God led them through the wilderness for 40 years, they must have been asking, are we there yet? Are we ever going to get there? Does there even exist? Did we hear wrong? Well, finally it was time to hurry up again, and this was it, okay? They're about to cross the Jordan River and enter Canaan, which was this land God promised them. They might have been standing there thinking, it's right there, it's so close, all we have to do is walk into it. But what was the line again? Hurry up and... Waiting. More waiting? What's going on now? Well, let's find out by reading from Joshua 6. I encourage you to read this chapter sometime today on your own from the translation of your choice. But right now, I will actually be reading it from the Jesus Storybook Bible, which is a resource we use in C1 with our beginner readers. Okay, so I'm going to read it to you here, and you can follow along on the screen. After Moses died, God gave his people a new leader. His name was Joshua, which means the Lord saves. Joshua was going to lead his people into the special land God had promised to give them. By this time, God's people had been wandering around in that baking desert for 40 years. So you can imagine how sick they were of sand and anything yellow and tents and walking and being hot. And how happy they were to reach the edge of the desert and see their new beautiful home right there in front of them all cool and green and lovely. There was only one problem, Jericho. Jericho was a city, but it wasn't just any old city. It was a fortress, and it stopped anyone from getting into the land. The people looked at Jericho, at the big, giant, scary walls all around it, at the tall, towering ramparts, at the heavy iron gates bolted shut at each other. What would they do? No one knew, but God knew. And God told Joshua what to do. 
But Joshua must have looked surprised because it was a very odd battle plan indeed, as we'll soon find out. Then God made his people a promise. I will always be with you, and I will never, ever leave you. If you do what I say, your lives in the new land will be happy, and everything will go well. Spoiler alert, they didn't do everything he said. Not everything went well, but that's another story. So Joshua gathered his army together. They had their swords and spears and shields. They were ready to fight. But the plan wasn't about fighting. It was about trusting and doing what God said. Joshua's army went marching, marching, marching around the city, day after day after day. They're too scared to fight, the people in Jericho said. Well, they had their weapons, and they actually weren't too scared to fight. Honestly, after all this time of waiting, they were probably ready to conquer Jericho like you conquer a Rubik's Cube, as fast as possible. On a Rubik's Cube, the color tiles start out all mixed up like this, and then you spin, one spin at a time, until it goes from here to there. Now, some people tinker with Rubik's Cubes, but I know some of you are out there who your fingers go flying and you whip this thing into shape. Can anyone in here solve a Rubik's Cube? Can you raise your hand? Yeah, okay, hold them up, look around. Those are the people you want to find at Gather on the Green. It'll be a good time because there may or may not actually be some Rubik's Cubes out there to like show us what you got. And full disclosure, there's also score sheets. So if you get some of the time, you put down your best time and we'll see who the winner of the weekend is. So these Israelites, they were ready to conquer Jericho like you conquer a Rubik's Cube as fast as possible. But God's plan was different. As we see in Joshua 6, the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king, and all of its strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. So kind of like a Rubik's Cube, they took a spin around Jericho, then they waited. And then the next day, they walked around Jericho and waited. And the third day, they walked once around Jericho and waited for six days in a row. So think about it. They waited so long for generations to get here. It is so close, but God told them to slow down again. So what's up with that? Did he need to? Did they get there? And then Jericho, he's like, oh no, I forgot about Jericho. We need to stall. Just walk around for six days while I figure out what to do. No, he had already promised them victory. He told them beforehand, I've given you Jericho. So why the six-day delay, and why did it even take them so long to get there in the first place? Well, I'm starting to wonder if maybe God cares a lot about what happens in the process of getting there and not just the destination. And what if waiting isn't wasted time because we're with him? Waiting, those delays and being slowed down, it gives us opportunities to notice and invite Jesus in. Notice what's happening around me, but also within me. Pausing provides space to recognize those heavy emotions that are brought to the surface when getting there isn't happening like I wanted. 
Towards the end of Sticky Gecko, Mum asks, what's going on, Bluey? Like, why can't you get out the door? And Bluey says, well, I'm just nervous about seeing Judo, her friend at the playdate. Ah, she's nervous. That's a really significant thing happening. And we can ask the same thing as Mum. What's going on? Not just what's going on around us, but what's going on within us. Our emotions aren't in a zone of their own. They impact us in a lot of ways. And especially in the moments that feel stuck and frustrating, it's important to note the narratives that we're scripting about ourselves and about God. Sometimes those can get really out of whack and we need his presence to realign us. So invite Jesus into that. In fact, all of scripture tells us that Jesus loves it when we talk with him and share with him what we're thinking and feeling and processing. Psalm 145 says, the Lord is close to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. Perhaps for the Israelites, this noticing might have happened at the campfire after their daily spin. Or maybe while they were walking around Jericho, they were thinking like, I just feel really confused. Like, why are we doing this? I'm holding my spear as I'm walking around and my enemies up there are like making fun of us. And what are you doing, God? Because you've brought us here, but the stakes are pretty high. Like, Something needs to happen, so what's going on? Or maybe for you, in your situation, you can be honest with God about those feelings that are coming up for you. And you can start to notice the motives that are swirling around in all of that and just tell him about it. Now, when you do this, it reminds me of what happens when Matt and I invite this certain couple over to our house. They're one of our best friends. And every time we try and say, hey, just come over for dinner. Like, we'll make dinner, you just show up. They're like, oh, no, 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 we've got a salad and dessert. I'm like, no, we'll just, we got it. They're like, nope. And they bring that plus like a bouquet of flowers in their hand. I mean, so over the top. But Jesus one-ups that. When you invite him in, to places that are stuck and frustrated, it's as if you open the door and he's there, not just with a bouquet of flowers, but he has all the resources of heaven at his disposal. And when you say, honestly, this is how I'm feeling, this is where I'm at, he's not a passive participant in that conversation. He willingly and generously shares with you his peace, his companionship, his healing, his comfort, his justice, his mercy. It's not a passive situation. And I want you to remember this this week. One of the times that I think you'll have the opportunity to do so is perhaps at a red light, because who is gonna run into a red light this week? All of us. And when you get to a red light, you're supposed to stop. So take that moment to notice what's happening that day, what's going on within you, and invite Jesus into it. And as you know, red lights turn into green lights, and it's go time. And so it was for the Israelites. So let's see what happened next. The people in Jericho were just making fun of them. They're too scared to fight. But they were wrong. God's people weren't scared. They were waiting, waiting for God to tell them what to do next. On the seventh day, God told his people to march around the city, not once, but seven times. 
Then God told everyone to make as much noise as they could. Has anyone ever told you to make as much noise as you possibly can? It's a good time, right? Well, imagine that noise, add, I don't know, 39,999 other people making that noise too, and you get the idea, ear splitting. And as it turns out, stone splitting too, because the huge, strong walls of Jericho just crumbled to the ground, as if they were made of sand. Jericho vanished in a great cloud of dust. And so it happened, you guys. Jericho miraculously came crashing down. The Israelites entered the promised land and made it their own. God was faithful to his promise. The Israelites got to their home. Bluey made it to the play date, and my family surprisingly did make it out the door <laughs> to one of our favorite hikes. And that's awesome, but we're not necessarily guaranteed a destination. There might not be promised to us. I'm not promised Jericho. I'm not promised wealth and health and prosperity and a certain family dynamic or job status. So in the hurry up and wait, what do we have to cling to? The Israelites had the promise of the promised land, but what can we cling to? Well, as God told Joshua earlier in chapter one, he told them this, do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God is with you. This might seem to you like the most basic churchy thing that could ever come out of my mouth. God is with you. But it is a far cry from a pleasant phrase to pop on top of this frustrating situation. This is really significant. So I want you guys to help me remember this, okay? I want this stuck in our heads. So let's start with bingo. Can you say this with me? God is with you. What about Bluey? Say it with me. God is with you. What about mom and all the other moms? Here we go. God is with you. And dad and dads finish it up. God is with you. You see, I enjoyed this hike, not for the destination, although it's beautiful, that view of Mount Hood is lovely, but it's for the people who were with me and what happened on our way to getting there. We ate blueberries in the car and we were trying to make bets on how long our baby would stay asleep. And then we were on this paved road so close, so we're like looking out here and then bam, didn't realize the pavement turned into gravel along with a really big pothole. So that slowed us way down for the rest of the time, trying to avoid the rest of the potholes. And then we got there and we're used to hiking and like passing people and being like, hi, hi, but oh no, you hike with the baby. And everyone's like, oh, Oh, starting early. So that took a while to get through the hike. And then we found this spot, which was just lovely. But it's not about this spot. It's about the memories of the day with my family. Bluey went to a play date, not to check out the playground, but to be with Judo. And God wasn't simply leading his family to a destination from here to there to check off the box. Finally got him there. Whew. No, he was 
forming his people into a family who would know him, who would worship him, who would bless the whole earth. Like this family, these people entering Jericho would eventually have kids who have had kids, who'd have kids, who would become Jesus's aunts and uncles and cousins. This was the family that Jesus himself would be born into. Emmanuel, like God with us. And then Jesus, before he left, said this to his disciples, be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Well then, when Jesus left, he promised the Holy Spirit. So when we zoom back and think about the whole arc of scripture, we have this promise of God, we have Jesus as a person with us, and we have the Holy Spirit's presence dwelling in us. So this is what it's about. God is with us. He's with us in the hurry up times and he's with us in the wait times. And waiting is not wasted time because he's with us. And unlike Google Maps, the shortest route is not really what he values. He's not anxiously rushing to get us there. And he cares a lot about us and what happens in the process. And he wants to share it with us. So in light of that, hurry up and wait doesn't seem so bad after all. Let's pray. Jesus, all of us are waiting to get there to some spot or situation in life. And as many of us sit with heavy emotions, we just pause to invite you in. You come with the resources of heaven at your disposal and you generously share those with us. You're forming us into people who are more like you. We're always, always certain that you're with us. In your name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to the Salem Alliance podcast. We hope you have been challenged and inspired. Salem Alliance is a community of believers located in downtown Salem, Oregon, and we are passionate about our city being a city at peace with God. To experience other messages and discover more about who we are, please visit salemalliance.org or download the Salem Alliance app. And again, thanks for listening.